love you. Lord, we love you. Lord, you've given us so many reasons why we should love you. Lord, because you've been so faithful to us. You've been more faithful to us than we've been to you. And for that, Lord, we love you and we just say thank you. Lord, you, because of your forgiveness, because of your mercy and your grace towards us, Lord, that we didn't deserve, that we didn't earn. But Lord, for that, we love you and we say thank you. Lord, for giving us another chance. Lord, we love you. And Lord, we just say thank you. Lord, for waking us up on this morning. Lord, we didn't deserve it. But Lord, we love you. And Lord, we say thank you. Lord, for keeping us in our right mind. For that, Lord, we love you. And for that, Lord, we say thank you. Lord, for providing us. Lord, for allowing us to sleep in a bed on last night. For having shelter over our heads, Lord. For having food in our bellies, Lord. We, we love you and we say, we say thank you. So, Lord, we may not have much. But, Lord, whatever it is that we have on today, Lord, we offer it back to you. We give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Come on and give him some praise on this morning. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I don't want to tarry long. There's a lot that I have to give you, and I just might not have the time. I just feel full on this morning because God, first of all, God's been good to me. And, and I'm thankful for what God has done for me. I appreciate what he's done for me. And often as pastor, I often tell you, it's also my job as pastor. Sometimes I have to go get a word for myself. Amen. It's not just a matter of me sharing what God has given for you, which is also for me. But sometimes I need to be filled, and I praise God that that's happened on this week. And sometimes when you feel so full, there's just so much that God gives you, and you want to share it on this morning. But I'm going to share with you, we're going to have a series on this month that's called Disruption. And it really comes from, it really comes from a thought that I had two Easter's ago which turned into a sermon on last year, but God has wants to me to present this as a series on this year for this month. It's called simply called Disruption. And, and today for a thought, I want to just give, leave this question with you. Are you afraid to be an instigator for Christ? Are you afraid to be an instigator for Christ? And today we're going to Timothy. We're going to 2 Timothy 1 and 6. If you go with us there in the word, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. For many of us, a familiar passage. But this is the only passage I want to share with you on this morning. And the word of the Lord there says in 2 Timothy 1 and 6. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, by the putting on of my hands, or some say by the laying on of hands. Heavenly Father, Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. Open our ears to be receptive to what you're saying to us in these few moments. Lord, allow your word to guide us along the path of destiny to push us towards your promise. Lord, to illuminate the purpose that you have laid out for each and every one of us. Let us not miss this destiny moment. 
But Lord, most of all, do not allow us to leave this moment unchanged. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless you. The writer here in Timothy, in just, in just a few words, in a few phrases, lays out something for us that we really ought to give further consideration. He's saying, first of all, I want you to remember, put into remembrance that I, you need to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Somebody say it's in me. That means I'm stirring up something that God has already placed in me. There are a few things that are necessary, though, for us to stir. And when I think of stirring up the gift, I think of us stirring the pot. I think of us stirring as we're cooking something on the stove. And when I begin to think of that, there are a few prerequisites that are necessary before you can stir. First of all, you have to have a stove. There has to be fire. Somebody say there has to be fire. There has to be fire. Can't help but be reminded of the prophet who said, I tried to be still. I tried to hold my peace, but he said it was just like fire that was shut up in my bones. If somebody just has it this morning, say, I got the fire. I'm not the fire. I'm not telling you to call me fire as a compliment, but I'm telling you, I have fire that is on the inside of me. That is something that is the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit itself that is working within me. For you to stir up something on the oven, on the stove, for to stir up what's in the pot, you must first have some fire. Say it again with me. Say, I have the fire. Not only do you need fire, but you need a pot. You need a receptacle. You need something where you can pour something into it. Reminds me of the prophet. He said, I, I went down to the potter's house. And, and while I was there, the potter was routing a, a work on, on the wheel. And, and then it reminds me of, of the songwriter says, I am the, you are the potter. I am the clay. Mold, mold me and, and, and make me and have thine own way. God has calls us all. Not only do we have the fire, but we are the pots. We are the receptacles that we are open and that we have space to receive that which God wants to pour in us. I remember the songwriter says that he was saying, let me pour out of myself. Lord, empty me so that I make my have space that is available you. I want to make sure that even though I'm a receptacle, that I'm not full of the wrong things. And and, and every now and then we, we want to be poured into, but it's just as important for you to empty out. Uh, Sometimes you need to empty out that which is already, you've allowed to come into your life. You, you, you've emptied out, you allow things to be poured into you. You allow people to say things that you accept. Just because somebody's talking doesn't mean you need to be listening. Just because words are being spoken doesn't mean you need to receive and accept that into your spirit. They might be speaking, they might be talking, but that doesn't mean that what is being said is for you. And I can help you with this in the social media outlet Facebook. 
When you might have friends and, and sometimes they say some things that you don't particularly care for. And then some of you all delete them or you unfriend them. But, but, but somebody said there's another way. You can what's called unfollow them. And when you unfollow them, you didn't unfriend them. It just means when they're talking, you don't hear it. They post things, but it doesn't show up on your timeline. So even though they're speaking, you've understood, you have, have, have experienced enough, uh, uh, enough understanding. You have enough be, ability to distinguish between that which you need to hear and that which you don't need to hear. So you have, in a way, silenced them. So they can keep on talking as, baby, you just don't hear it. They're speaking into the atmosphere, but you're not accepting it, get this, into your pot. I am a pot. I am a receptacle. And if I'm not careful and I'm not discerning, I will receive things that are not for me. I will accept things into myself that God didn't intend for me to have. And I know I have a witness. You don't have to raise your hand, but you've lived long enough to have accepted some things that weren't for you. You've received some things that later on you were like, Lord, I'm sorry that I allowed my spirit to receive that. But that obviously was not intended for me. Even some things that I aim for you aren't meant for you. That's because it was aimed at you doesn't mean God wanted you to receive it. Uh, I remember the king, he, the king, I think it was Hezekiah, he was confronted by, by Sanballat and those who were on the outside of Israel who were trying to test him. And he told him, he said, we have conquered all of the other lands that are around you. What God is it that you serve will save you from the hands of the king of Assyria? But, but what, 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 did the, what did the king do? He took the letter that, that, that they gave him and he didn't take it to his house. He took it to the God's house. He laid it at the altar before the Lord. He said, it might have my name on it, but it wasn't meant for me. So I came to tell you everything that has your, uh, well, she went here with me. Everything that was aimed at you wasn't intended for you because when they say no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper, it's not that the weapon did not work. It's not that the weapon was not faced in your direction. It's not that the arrow was not shot in the right way, but sometimes God just steps in and said, baby, that's not for you. You're not going to receive it. It's not going to hurt you but he's saying I'm going to take on I wish you were in here with me I'm going to take on the things that you're not ready for so while you're praising God for what he allowed you to go through you ought to praise him a little bit more for the things he didn't even let you see the things that he caught by himself the things that didn't even come into your vision the thing you didn't even have to pray for because somebody say God blocked him somebody say God blocked him Thank God that he stood in the way of things that I wasn't prepared for. He, he stood in the way of things that I wasn't ready for. He stood in the way of things that I cannot handle because God is faithful who will not suffer me to be tempted above that I am able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape because sometimes he lets me out before it gets too heavy. Sometimes he finds a way out before I get discouraged. Sometimes he gives me a way out before I lose my mind. I Praise God that he stepped in the way of that which I'm not ready to have. Somebody say, God blocked him. Let me calm my, I don't need you to calm down. I need to calm myself down. God, God, sometimes 
He steps in the way because he knows that you are a receptacle. But if you're not a receptacle that practices discernment, you will just receive and accept anything that's out there. Some people right now are experiencing anxiety and and depression and hurt because they've accepted things that God didn't want them to have. They stepped out of God's plan. They stepped out of God's path. And then now they're full of mess and they don't need know how to get rid of it. So why are you saying, God, pour into me? Baby, it's just as important that you pour out those things. Pour out those things that are not meant for you. Because if you allow those things to stay in, it will contaminate the good thing. I wish you were here with me. Yeah, I wish I had a few cooks in here. If you leave, you're not going to cook in a dirty pot. One of the first things my wife does when she goes in the kitchen before she cooks one thing is she cleans the kitchen. She wants to make sure that it is clean before she starts cooking. You need to make sure you clean the receptacles before you start cooking because there may be things in the pot that will contaminate that which you're trying to cook. And and the problem with some of us is not that God didn't give us a gift, but the problem with many of us is we didn't clean out the pot. So the gift has been contaminated by what was already, I wish you were in here with me, what was already inside the pot. Now, I know you know some people, if you don't want to raise your hand for yourself, you know some people out there who have some contaminated gifts. Oh, oh yes, oh yes, they're gifted. Oh yes, they're blessed. Oh yes, they can sing. Oh yes, they can preach. Oh yes, they can lead, but they have problems that are contaminating the gift that God gave them. Allow their gift to become contaminated because they receive things into the pot. God did not intend for them. So when I'm stirring up the gifts, that means that there are things that are prerequisites that I already have. I already have the fire. I I am the vessel. I already have a pot. But then I must have a spoon. Must be a spoon. Because I can't stir uh, without a spoon. So, so, So if I'm the pot, and, 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 God, and, and God, I have the fire, and then I have the spoon. But see, the thing about the pot, the pot can't stir itself. Somebody else has to be connected to the spoon <laughs> to stir the pot. So, so if I have a spoon that is stirring me, that means I'm connected to somebody outside. I wish I were here with me. Outside myself. That means that when I pray. I, I told you we were reaching last week. You didn't know this was going to be connected. When I pray, I'm extending myself beyond and outside of myself to somebody else. I'm extending and I pray and when I pray and when I praise, that's why you need to keep your hands up. I'm extending my connection in the direction of God. And when my prayer and my praise get connected to God, it stirs up. (laughs) It stirs up what's going on on the inside. 
Because I'm connected to something that is outside. I wish I were here with me. That's outside of myself. And it stirs up. But think about it. Remember, it stirs up what's in me. Stirs up what's in me. So that means I already have ingredients inside the pot. I don't see people stirring up boiling water. You don't need to stir up boiling water. You need to stir up ingredients so that they don't burn. But that means the ingredients are already in here. I'm stirring up not things that I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't go to the store. See, that's the problem. Some of us are going to Kroger. We think we're the shopper. We, we, we're trying to shop and put things in us that God didn't put in you. And, and the thing about that is when you try and put things in you that God didn't put in there, it doesn't go with what God's doing. We're trying to put ingredients that don't go together because we're trying to put things in ourselves that God didn't put in you. It didn't say shop for ingredients. It didn't say shop for the gift. It said stir up the gift. That means the gift is already in you. And not only do we have contaminants that might be in there because we accept it, sometimes we shop for stuff that God doesn't want us to have. You're trying to add stuff to the pot. One thing I learned at an early age is that sometimes I cook and sometimes my wife cooks, but when she cooks, I let her cook. I'm not dropping by adding ingredients. And come on, come on now. Some of y'all cooks, no, you'll understand the frustration with that. I'm not going in there adding extra seasoning to what she's cooking because she knows the plan. She knows what she's trying to do. She knows what she's trying to put together. But some of us, we're trying to add ingredients to what God is cooking. And at some point, God said, I'm going to let you do it then. <laughs> this is your thing. You don't, you're not going to let me have it, then I'll let you have it. And let's see what you come up with. Let me tell you what you're going to come up with. There is a way that seems right in the man, and the ends whereof are the ways of death. Whatever you come up with will be outside the plan of what God's trying to do in you because he's already put in you what he wants to get out of you. (laughs) I'm not shopping for things to add to what God has already given me. I'm just connecting to God so I can stir up that which is already in me. You you in there adding, adding sugar to the potatoes and and eggs. We're not even cooking breakfast, but you're adding ingredients that don't go together because God didn't say shop for ingredients. God didn't say add any seasoning. God said stir up what's already in you. It's already in you. So if, if, if it's in me, that means I already have it. So if I already have it, why am I jealous of other people? Why am I worried about what they're cooking? Because whatever God wants to do with me is already in me. Point at somebody and say it's already in you. God has already 
made preparations in, in advance and has poured and deposited into you that which he's trying to get out of you. It's already in you. The only thing I need to make sure I do is not contaminate what's already in me. I don't, I, the one thing, God's going to help make it better. I just need to make sure I don't make it worse. I need to not mess up what he's already put in me. Somebody might ask the question, a practical question. What has he put in me? What he put in you and what he's pulling out of you may not be the same as the person who's sitting next to you. May not be the same thing. God's not pulling the same thing out of me that he's pulling out of them. So why do I get mad when they get different ingredients than I get? Lord, they got they got their house then. They got their car then. They got they got their husband then. They got their wife then. Those are different ingredients that God is pouring into them. But He's pulling something different. Amen. I wish, or I'd help somebody this morning if you listen. He's trying to pull something different out of them. So why am I trying to make? I'm trying now. You go into the store shopping for the same ingredients somebody else has. They got a car last year, so I'm, I'm definitely going to get me one this year. They got married when they were this age, and I'm that age now, so I think I'm going to go find me somebody. I'm going to get married. Come here with me now. They, they got a house then. They're not going to outdo me. Let me go get my house right now, too, because they, they, they're not going to outdo me. I'm going to make sure that my ingredients match what I see happening in somebody else's life. But the problem is God's not pulling the same thing out of you. Not pulling the same thing out of you. And God said we are a body. And what, what, what Jesus said it like this. He says, what if the hand says I, I, I want to be the foot? And the foot says I want to be the hand. So I'm going to stop being the foot so I can be the hand. We all have a role in, in the body of Christ. We all have a role for each and every one of us. Don't stop playing your role because you are envious of what somebody else is doing. The knee wants to be the head, so I'm going to stop being the knee and I'm going to try and be the head. But then you can't walk without your knees. So you got a head that can't go anywhere because everything in the body is trying to perform the same function. God has a place for me, and I need to make sure that I'm playing the role that God has for me. So my ingredients might be different. I do I need help? Okay, let me help you here. So, so the things that I do to my knee, I might not do to my head. Come on. <laughs> because they're two different parts. I'm going to put different things on my head when it's hurting. And then I'm putting on my knee when it's hurting. Because they have two different functions. I'm not going to put a knee brace on my head. Come on, come on, come on. Because it has a different function. So it needs to be treated differently. So I'm not going to try and do the same things when they perform different functions. So if God's pouring potatoes into your neighbor, don't you go buy potatoes for yourself. God doesn't need two servings of potatoes. Maybe you're supposed to be the macaroni. Come on here now. And you're trying to mess with the ingredients of what God's trying to put together. He didn't ask me to stir up your gift. <laughs> I'm not stirring up your gift. I'm stirring up my gift. 
And even as a pastor, when I encourage you to stir up what's within you, I'm asking you to stir up what God gave you. I'm not asking you to be like me. Oh, I wish I would help. Because the goal of everybody in the world is not to be a pastor. There are greater roles that God has for everybody out there. But you need to stir up what God gave you. So if, if, if it's my job at all to encourage you to stir up your gift, I'm not asking you to stir up my gift. I'm telling you to stir up the gift that God put in you. Say, stir up my gift. Don't make it personal. Say, stir up my gift. That's what I need. I need to stir up my gift. Stir up because what the ingredients that are necessary to stir up my gift are already in me. Now, when you stir, let me tell you something. When you stir, and that's where we get to the point of the text, when you stir, put the spoon in the water, you're going to disrupt the flow of the water. When you start stirring. You're going to disrupt the flow. The water's going to just look peaceful. But then when you put the spoon in to stir the, the surface of the water, it's going to disrupt. It's going to disrupt the flow. And I'm telling somebody that because the reason you haven't, the gift inside of you has not been fully developed is because you haven't broken the flow. It's time to break the flow. It's time, say it with me, it's time to break the flow because we get accustomed to the flow. There is peace in the flow we we can get stagnant inside the flow we can become complacent inside the flow in fact when you watch things that are peaceful usually they show you something that repeats over and over they're showing you a flow so that you're comfortable so that you become stagnant so you become peaceful because you see a consistent flow Now, if it just was all over the place, they wouldn't consider that peaceful because our natural tendency is to go, like they say, go with the flow. But being Christian is not about going with the flow. Oh, let me say that again. Being Christian is not about going with the flow because, you know, this world, that that flow keeps changing. And if you go with the flow, you're going to be accepting some things that you know are not like God. Oh, they're telling you to believe this and accept that. Oh, baby, don't be disruptive. Just go with the flow. Oh, oh, what we believe has, has changed or evolved, I've heard some people say, regarding this. We just need you to go with the go with the flow. And, and, And what we need to understand as Christians, we are naturally disruptive. I've told y'all before, Jesus was a disruptor. Jesus changed and disrupted things. That's the problem with Jesus. That's why he ultimately was, was sent to be crucified is because he disrupted the flow of the order, not on the outside of the world. He disrupted the flow inside the church. Those are the people that hated Jesus the most. Those are the people that were after him to arrest him and to take him before the authorities because he was disrupting the flow inside the church. Come on now. Because you're not supposed to heal a man on Sabbath day. 
Jesus said, is it better to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath? He said, if your, if your cattle were to fall into a hole, wouldn't you pull the cattle out of the hole? Even if it was on Sabbath day. Then after he said that, man spoke out to the man in the midst, rise up and walk. <laughs> because Jesus disrupted the flow, even inside the church. So the most powerful disruption that you're going to have is not amongst other people, but the hardest flow to disrupt is the flow inside yourself. Because you're accustomed to things happening a certain way. You're accustomed to how things are going in your life. And you don't want to disrupt the flow. If I disrupt the flow, it took me a while to get to where I am. Why would I now disrupt the flow, the way things are going? But the carnal phrase is correct. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same result. You're going to fall into the same habits. You're going to be stuck with the same addictions. You're going to get the same results. You're going to keep being broke. You're going to keep hurting. You're going to keep falling into depression. Because if you don't disrupt the flow, the flow is what man likes. And what did I say? Man, there's a way that seems right unto man. But Jesus disrupted the flow. Say it with me. Say Jesus disrupted the flow. Even when he died, he was disrupted. <laughs> Jesus is on the cross and he's still disrupting even while he wasn't even in the temple. He said there was an earthquake. He said the veil of the temple rent in two. He was disrupting the flow inside the church without even being there because Jesus disrupted the flow. And sometimes in our lives, the problem is, is that if Jesus is trying to change and, and disrupt some things that are happening in your life. And because you, don't, you are so accustomed to the flow, you resist the change. Let me say that again. Because you're so accustomed to the flow, you try to put off the change. But God is sending the disruption for a purpose. Disruption has a purpose it stops the flow it interrupts the flow but he but it has a purpose because jesus is trying to do something different i wish i had somebody in here because in some aspects of my life i need god to do something different i don't need it to be the same as 2020 i don't need it to be the same as 2021 i don't need it to be the same as it has been on this year i need jesus to disrupt it because i need something different to happen. Oh, somebody just declared for yourself. Say, I need something different. Oh, say it like you mean to say, I need something different. I, I, I'm committed to Jesus. Oh, doing something different oh, in, in, in my life because my blessing is going to come out of the difference. I want you to get it. My, my breakthrough is going to come out. Of the difference. My, my healing is going to come out. Oh, what shall we in here with me? It's going to come out uh, of the difference. Because the woman with the issue of blood said, I keep going to the doctor. I keep spending my money. 
I wake up with the same problem every day for the last 12 years. But it's time. Somebody say it's time. It's time to break up the flow. It's time to do something different. She said, I heard a man named Jesus. And I heard he is a disruptor. I heard he knows how to change the flow. I know he he knows how to turn the path of things and turn that thing around. She said, I believe if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that I can break my women in here gonna get. I believe I can break the flow. I believe I can stop my issue if I can touch Jesus. He has a habit of breaking up the flow. He has a habit of turning things around. The widow with name will tell you the same thing. She said, I'd already paid Johnson and Sons. I'd already paid for my son's funeral. I'd already paid and God was getting his death certificate. And we were already in line in our recession. We were headed to bury my son. But while I was going with the flow, a man named Jesus stopped the recession. He came by my son's bed. He stopped the casket. And he touched my son. And he interrupted the flow. I didn't have to go to the I didn't have to go to the grave that day. They didn't have to dig my son's grave. I didn't have to pick out a tombstone because Jesus came by and he broke up the flow. He disrupted what was happening. He turned my thing around. I heard the blind man say, I heard Jesus. He was spitting on the ground. He was making some clay with the dirt in his spittle. He picked it up and he put it on my eyes. I didn't know what was happening. What was happening was different. What was happening was unusual. What was happening was a departure. What happened was breaking up the flow. But then he put it on my eyes. And when I opened my eyes, he said, I see men as trees. But Jesus said, let me touch you one more time. I came to tell somebody. He may have touched you once, but it ain't over. He may have brought you through, but it ain't over. He may have healed you before, but it ain't over. Jesus touched him again, and he said, I can see He walked. He was jumping. He was praising because Jesus disrupt the flow and I'll tell you one more thing I was thinking deep in sin far from the blissful shore I was very deeply staying within seeking to rise no more but the master of the sea he broke up the flow he picked me up he turned me around he set my feet up on solid ground and I say thank you for breaking up the flow. Thank you for turning my life around. Thank you for doing something different in my life. Somebody say thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody stand up to your feet. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise.
something I need you to take home with you. This is not something just for today. I, I need you to take home. Take this home with you. Because maybe the disruption I'm experiencing in my life is not the devil. Oof. I need you to get this. Because we need to be discerning about what's happening in our lives. Maybe my disruption that I'm experiencing, maybe it's not the devil. But maybe God's trying to cause me to experience something different. It's a sign from God that I'm doing something different in your life. Remember Jacob wrestling with the angel? That was a disruption. That was a painful disruption. We don't often talk about, we talk about the blessing, we talk about the name change, but it also says when Jacob walked away from that encounter, he walked away with a limp. (laughs) He walked away with a limp. And maybe that limp was a reminder to him To not fall back into your old ways. Don't fall back into your old patterns. Don't fall back into your old flow. But God has declared that I'm doing something different. In your life, it's so different. I'm going to cause people to call you by a different name. But you know what? The first thing I need you to do. You know one of the first things that we teach our children? Some of y'all like to say mama and daddy. One of the first things you also teach them is to say their own name. Angel was telling Jacob, you should no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. And when he said called, that means not only other people, I need you to call yourself Israel because that change, that disruption, it starts with you. It starts with you. Somebody touch yourself and say, it starts with me. It starts. It starts. It starts with me. It starts with me. It starts with me thinking differently about myself it causes me to think different then it causes me to act different I think one of the things I told you I 
doctor told me a couple years ago, I thought all my life that I had low blood sugar. The doctor said, no, you don't. There's no evidence of that. First thing he had to do was change my mindset. And I'm old school, so you know one of the first things I did for the first time in my life? I fasted for three days after that. A complete fast. Because I believe in fasting, but one of the things that had held me back was that diagnosis. But I had to start thinking differently in my own mind. And when I started thinking different, I started acting I want you to touch yourself and say, disruption starts with me. It starts. It starts. It starts. It starts with me. Whatever I need to accomplish in my life, the disruption starts with me. The first flow that needs to be interrupted is the flow inside your own mind. It needs to be broken. It needs to be changed. How I treat myself, how I treat my family, how I treat my job, how I treat my destiny, how I treat my money. The flow needs to be broken in my own mind so something different can happen in my life. My experience is going to change when I act different, but I won't start acting different. Until I start thinking different. You can say, some people believe in mantras and sometimes mantras are helpful. But mantras aren't helpful if they're not accompanied by action. You say, I I am the head and not the tail. You need to start acting like it. Don't just say it. Act like it. I'm I'm a lender and not a borrower. You need to change your mindset. And then how you act. And how you treat other people and how you treat yourself. So God, if I'm praying for anything, God, first of all, disrupt the flow in my own mind. Disrupt the flow in my own mind. So I can think different, so I can behave different, so that I can receive different results in my life. If I, somebody out there, God didn't promise everybody to be a millionaire, but if you want to be one, you need to have some millionaire tendencies. Come on now. You need to practice what millionaires do. You want to own your own business. You need to practice what business owners do. Come on now. Because if you want something, you'll invest in it. You'll invest in it. You'll invest in it. You'll invest your time. You'll invest your money. You'll invest your resources. You'll stop buying frivolous things because you're saving to invest in that which you believe God is doing in your life. And I came to tell somebody this year, this year for you is a year of investment. He wants you to invest your time. He wants you to invest your money. He wants you to invest your resources in what he's already promised you. He told you you were going to have it. You know what he needs you to do? 
He needs you to, he needs you to take that one talent that he gave you. Get your shovel. Dig it up out of the ground. And he told the one with one talent, he said the very least you could have done is put it in the bank and invest it so we can gather interest. Telling somebody, God promised you, he gave you the talent, but you buried it. God said, I need you to dig it up. I need you to invest it. And he said, you know what? He said, I will provide the increase. I will provide. Oh, I wish you would get happier. I will provide the increase. I'll provide the increase. I just need you to dig it up. I need you to take it out of the ground. I need you to invest it. And God said, I'm going to He said, I'll cause men to pour into your bushes, press down, shaking together and running over. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody's accepting that right now. I'm praising God with hallelujah. God said, I'm going to do it for you. When you turn that over to me, Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this word that reminds us that, Lord, every trial that we faced in life, It's not a rumination of the devil. Sometimes it's a disruptive force that you've set in our own lives so that we can experience something different, something greater, something better. Lord, don't allow our good, our going with the flow to become the enemy of great. But to get to great, sometimes we have to disrupt the flow of what's already happening in our lives. Lord, help our minds and our hearts to be discerning and open to that which you're trying to do in our lives. Lord, we can't accept everything. We can't allow what you've put in us to become contaminated by the things of this world. Lord, help us to be purified vessels. Help us to stir up the gift that you put in us. That we might be fruitful, not just for ourselves, but Lord, for others pressed down, shaking together and running over. May our overflow be a blessing to those who are around us. And Lord, we're praying these blessings right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. If you've been watching us virtually, we praise God that you've been with us and we pray that you live with expectation until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.